Yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening. And to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie-loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for Season 2. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from... It's actually going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be gonna getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as you know real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest five films from content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening, <laughs> be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who have only made one film and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF. And yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. With Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson. All right. Next film up gonna be uh, 1972's The Heartbreak Kid. You'll soon be safe and sound. Which is very funny as well. Another pretty good one. Very funny. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember this movie when it came out. Um, I was a big Neil Simon fan. Used to read all of his plays. Uh, this is a Neil Simon screenplay via a Bruce J. Friedman story. Yeah. Um, was that from the New Yorker? Was it a novel? What was it? Oh, Esquire. Uh, think, Esquire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and 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 uh, and Elaine directs it. Yeah. So she has, and uh, it was marketed as Neil Simon's The Heartbreak Kid. You know, it wasn't nobody said Elaine May's The Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Carpenter's The Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, that's you know, in the stake of Christine, it was not Stephen King's Christine. They did make it John Carpenter's. So yeah, they, yeah, I know. That it's thing. really yeah. wild, man. Mm -hmm. they, they understand where the where the flip, they they know the, exactly the you know, whether of the whether it's coin. the author or the director. Yeah. They always know who's the who's bigger. Who's going to sell? What name's going to sell it the best? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this was. Uh, this was really a, a, it was a good call, and so as a director, she did a wonderful job again with another very very funny movie, and mm -hmm. it's very co very concise and straight to the point, and a wonderful cast. And another movie where the lead character is just a complete bastard, yeah, you know, yeah, a real just a not a cool terrible guy. person, yeah. yeah, yeah. Charles Grodin again, uh, and, and one of his probably first real star well, we were, turn. What were we thinking about? We did Charles Grodin, and we talked about him in Catch-22. And so Rosemary's Baby was his first movie. And then Catch-22, and then this. Like, he was working with, like, three heavy-duty monstrous characters. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> like, he, like, he said... Uh, and it, monster directors, too. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And she said that... Uh, or um, Charles Grodin had said that... Uh, 
like people just automatically think I'm a jerk now because of these movies. <laughs> yeah, because this movie specifically, but all of his early roles were like that. Yeah, he he, he always plays. Yeah, he plays it really dry. He smokes a pipe, and it's just like he doesn't get. Yeah, I know, too. I know. It's yeah, so and, funny. And he's just he's just really dry and and very very self centered. That's mm-hmm. the problem, and, he, and it's just like uh, let's 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 just smooth everything over. Let's just get it done, you know. And, and uh, so the so the upshot is that he. Um, he decides to get married, and uh, he marries Jeannie Berlin, who's wonderful in this. He's movie Elaine May's too. daughter. Do you know that? Yeah, I didn't. I that. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they're you know when you watch her in A New Leaf versus Jeannie Berlin in this movie, the similarities are definitely it's there. It's very striking. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. it, it is very striking. She's great in this movie, mm-hmm. and he gets married, and it's a very Jewish, small Jewish wedding. And uh, he immediately realizes he made a mistake. I well, mean, it's, basically, it's... they're driving to their honeymoon, and he knows. But and then like as soon as they have sex, because the first thing is like she she's like, no, I don't want to do it. I want to wait or whatever. Uh, nobody waits anymore. And then but they do wait. And then like immediately after and like I think they're in a motel or something. And like, what? Yes, it was great for me. She's like she needs constant reassurance. Yeah. <laughs> it's really annoying. He can't stand it. I love the scene where he where she, he's. You know, he's done, and she's just, she's fussing with his chest hair. It made my skin crawl. <laughs> and, and don't, don't make little circles on my chest, okay? Hmm? I like to. I know you like that. I have an incredibly sensitive chest, though. It's... I'll make little squares. <laughs> no, really, come on. Uh, nothing. It's my stupid chest. Time goes by and she's asleep in the morning and he's sitting in the corner staring at her like, <laughs> oh, what no. the fuck am I going to do <laughs> My now? God, my God, what have I done? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so great. And, and um, oh, the first dance at the wedding I, I wanted to point out was close to you. Having a good time? Oh. play it all over whoever the church organist is is playing some of the wrong chords oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. actually really funny yeah, and, uh, and they're singing it in there's the sports a great car the whole way. accuracy that? to that as well <laughs> just like yeah this random synagogue guy might play this a little bit wrong. yeah just yeah. a little bit wrong yeah and it might have gotten published a little bit wrong maybe I so worked, yeah, yeah i worked in music um, sheet music for a million years and boy do we make mistakes that's obviously a carpenter song was it written by paul williams i know a lot of carpenters oh, it could be, yeah I, and, I think and paul it williams been. and glenn may were real well, Ishtar, yeah, yeah. Ishtar was all Paul Williams, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that maybe so, um, but yeah, that song is used a lot. I didn't think lot. to look that yeah. up, but that, that's uh, they're singing it in the car. And what's that little sports car he's driving? It's really cool. Oh, it's a Triumph, a, a, a Triumph. British car. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that white car it is really cool. Yeah, I had a friend who had a TR one and a two and a three and a four and a five. And oh, a six really? And a seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a mechanic for them from Miami Beach Fire Department. I went to high school with him. He's an older guy. And and uh, and he said they never. I said, Rod, you never drove these things that I've ever seen you drive them. He said, I'm always working on them. <laughs> Well, but he Brit- had them, though. Yeah, he yeah. had them. Oh, yeah, he loved them. The British couldn't make a car if he held a gun to their head, apparently. But it, apparently it's, it's all electrical. Style. It's all style. It's That's all what style, it is. but yeah. it's mostly electrical problems okay. that, I, that, I, that I recall. I got you. 
but that was a really cool car. Oh, they're chewing gum together. That drives me nuts. Oh too. yeah, I know. We're that's, in the car. That's great movie code for annoying character. Is yeah. constantly chewing gum. <laughs> great movie code. And he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He just wants to get to Virginia. Where do we get to Virginia? He's got a. He's got a. Uh, he's got an itinerary. He knows where they're, they're going to go. They're going to Florida. They're going, they're going to Miami state Beach. to state. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when they finally get there, it's really cool to see Miami Beach. Yeah, yeah, in the early seventies because I moved down here in nineteen seventy, and right, my dad right worked on time, Miami basically. Beach. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I I just see all of that shit and I go, wow, you know. Great old Miami Beach is the beginning of Goldfinger, also. Oh yeah, yeah Hello, that's really Betty. great. Great early, great early Miami Beach, yeah, great stuff. So, cool. um, so they they. They get there, and he's like, don't lay in the sun, you know. Right. Don't lay in the- and she <laughs> immediately gets sunburned. I won't. I won't get a sunburn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she immediately gets this terrible sunburn, and he goes out on the beach by himself. And Sybil Shepherd plays this Minnesota. Of course, she's beautiful and blonde. Uh, a complete, like, cardboard cutout of a character. She's a brat. Yeah. She's just a rich brat. I said, you're lying in my spot. Right, you know, but she's like flirting with him, and he's into it. It's yeah, yeah. Like, but you also get the vibe that she never really gives a shit about him, right? You exactly. Know, that's also the thing. Yeah, that's just her thing. And she's that's, just a flirty. And he's young so girl. like clueless, and he automatically thinks like they're in love, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He buys into this whole idea that he invents that that she she's enamored with him and it's the opposite it's no true. and she never has any her. never presents any illusion that she is not yeah, not at never, all yeah. not once not once no they have no relationship but she keeps teasing him and and uh and kind of like fucking with him by the pool yeah. she'll say she'll he, say to shit to him he's and, coming out with like he he's coming out with like different lies to try to get out of hanging out with his wife on their honeymoon <laughs> just have to have this drink with this old army buddy of mine first honey Imagine running into him on the beach like that. He's got one thing after another. It reminds me of like, do you remember in like the really last season episodes of Breaking Bad when Walter White is just like reeling and you know every scene he's just making shit up. So I pull out the hose to put it back and whoosh, I am suddenly soaked in gasoline. I mean, on my arms and my legs and my my groin. There's a scene where Skylar just kind of stops believing him and walks away yeah. in the middle. And that's totally the uh, sort of visceral rem- memory I got during that yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Just, that's a good one. Just like without a net bullshitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just lies upon lies yeah. upon lies. And, and they get more and more crazy. And it's a tactic to make the lies more and more crazy. Because if you question something that's that crazy, all of a sudden you're the asshole. Yeah, yeah. right. That's it's, right. He does yeah. that on purpose, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly right. Uh, because he just wants... Civil Shepherd, he wants her, mm-hmm. and she strings him along. She's like, uh, hey, uh, "We're going to meet at the bar," and she's like, "Well, come and sit at the table." And her dad Mike, is there. Oh, he hasn't met you yet, but just from appearances, he doesn't like you. <laughs> and <laughs> and he she does. was right. <laughs> he was right. It's Eddie Albert as as the he dad. Is so Dwayne. good in this movie. Coming uh, was it right off of the Longest Yard or right before? But yeah, he was doing some great movie roles. It was this right time in, as well. Right in that right wheelhouse. Before, right yeah. before. Yeah. Cool. Right in that wheelhouse. Cool. Yeah. And of course, anybody who knows television knows he was with uh, Andrew Green, Gabor and Jacques Green Acres Green is Acres. the place to be. Green Acres is the place to be. When I was, I don't know, maybe like fifth grade, sixth grade, 
I watched me a bunch of Green Acres. Oh TV yeah, Land. Yeah, yeah. TV <laughs> Land is the greatest yeah. thing. TV that Land. Was like, who? Who? Well, how come we're not? You know, how come we're not getting to see old TV? It's just so much better than yeah. the new shit. <laughs> and that, I mean, I don't I mean, know I'm if it is or isn't. Yeah, but I, mean, I know well, certain... I'm hooked on Perry Mason because sure. it's a childhood uh, uh, damage there. Um, sure. Yeah, uh, um, and and Jeannie Berlin is the, like, I married a grouch. She keeps calling him Mr. Grouch. Mr. It's grouch. so like, she's just putting him down all the time. And I can see where he's, he, he, he's looking to get away from her. And so Sybil Shepherd, in a way, is kind of an excuse. He just, it's an, a fantasy. Right. That, that's it's a, a fantasy, point. but that's it's an point. excuse to get away from his wife, who he, he knows that's a fatal error. That's kind of a good point. Yeah. And then, uh, so... Of course, if you're going to make a mistake, let's yeah. make it with Sybil Shepherd. Right, sure, yeah. <laughs> and that it makes it easier for that mistake to be made, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, there's a... The, I don't know, is this the first scene where she met the dad or the second scene where they're eating dinner together? Uh, Kelly said something about uh, you're laying your cards on the table. Were those your cards? Uh, no, no, I j I'm just kind of shuffling. Uh, this is actually my deal now. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, and just, just plain old-fashioned corny lingo, sir. Uh, I have fallen head over heels with your Kelly here. Uh, it just, you know, it didn't take me long to make up my mind. One good look did it, actually, if you want to know the truth. But uh, I'm the kind of crazy hairpin that just doesn't need much more than that. And then that's it for life with me. Now, there is a slight complication. Uh, I happen to be a newlywed. And the way Elaine May shoots it is all in this... I don't know if all. There might be one or two brief cuts. But it's mostly played out in this master shot. And it just holds on both of them. And also Sybil Shepard and also the mom are all in the shot They're at the sitting same in the time. Back, yeah. Of, uh, and Sybil Shepard is, like, kind of, like... I I watched... I she couldn't take my eyes like, off her in that scene. Yeah, she, because was she was, like, so, cracking up. Well, we're trying so, not to crack up. Yeah, she and she also had this kind of look on her face, like... I, like this is really happening. I didn't really right. think it was to go but this I, far. And that's that's like it wasn't it wasn't cracking up as an actor. It was in character cracking yeah, up. Yeah, be amused with this. So he's really going to do this. Yeah, and Eddie Albert also, and I want he got an Oscar nomination, and so did Jeannie Berlin. They both got best supporting actor and actress nominations. Awesome. But him, he's got so few lines in this movie, but he does so much just by stone face acting. <laughs> and he, the, the more Charles Grodin talks, the more he just gives him nothing. And he's just losing it. Yeah. He's, he's so uptight. He's like, I'm going to kill him. And, I'm going to kill yeah. him. I hate this guy. I, I can't believe this, you know. Uh, yeah, he, he's just so He's uptight. really he's so ex like, uh, uh, excellent in this movie. Very funny role. Yeah, and so it, it gave me it gave me uh, a, a little bit of a graduate vibe too when he finally mm -hmm. he finally tells Jeannie Berlin at um at the at, it's a seafood restaurant it's it it might have been at, oh the um, the they want what do they want the pecan pie and the lobster yeah he tells her that um he's trying to tell her without telling her that. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's coming up with all kinds of things. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves for anything, you know? I mean, everything could be terrific. The world could be singing. And then suddenly, 
suddenly for no reason at all it's over it's it's over Lila. oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, a, it's like a lot of blather he's hoping that she just catches on without him having to take responsibility for saying he doesn't want to be married to her anymore and he and he finally does and it's just terrible. It it's is a terrible. terrible. It's horrible. Scene. Yeah, it is a terrible. And scene. it holds. It's you think about like comedy of the last 15, 20 years, and like the idea of cringe humor that people often say, like, oh, The Office really brought that craze. Right. This movie was doing it long oh, before man. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, after, you never saw Jeannie Berlin again after that. It's I never just, did. Yeah, no, it was and it. she's not the, not in, in that movie. I mean, her oh, character. No, no, you're just, right. Yeah, you're right. Just yeah. like ooh, he really did just fucking end it, and she's you, done. You know, she didn't fight for him or whatever. I don't know. She just disappears. I mean, yeah, uh, that's, I think, what Lila would do, probably. It's, I would. It's, if yeah, I, I were her, I would have I don't think yeah, she yeah. would have, like, you yeah. know. Yeah, and plus she, he's too busy going. He goes yeah. to Minnesota, which is the graduate Well, that's vibe. when it becomes the graduate, basically, yeah, yeah. At, the, at the end there. Yeah, 100%. Um, the thing about Lila, that character could have very easily just been played as a joke it could have been a cartoon it could have and been. indeed when there was a remake made in 2007 by the Farrelly brothers my memory i saw it once my memory of it was that lila was a cartoon yeah, and it was actually it. like glad. just kind of almost like almost misogynistic and just hard like I'm, this is not even good uh but this mm. they give they really gave her like nuance and tragedy and she's just an annoying person, you know. She's not a terrible person. She's yeah, not, no, you know, no. She, she just... I felt like the whole time I was struggling to put my finger on why does Charles Grodin object to her so much? Like, yeah, she, yeah. she doesn't seem that terrible. It's just kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they say that um, they they say that um, the the people who bother you the most do things that you don't like about yourself. Yeah, so the, yeah. A little bit of that, but it's also. It's also like my uh, my granduncle Bean said, you know, everybody has faults. The trick is to find somebody's faults don't bother you so much. You and go. her faults bother him. Bothered the shit him, of, yeah, very much so. Yeah. The shit out of him. And she is kind of whiny and cloying and oh god, you know, you're supposed to figure that shit out before you get married. Otherwise, well, but, that's that's just as much but, his own fault for trying to hello, rush into it. For yeah. Yeah, he just wanted to have sex with her. <laughs> yeah, hello. And then, but then, you know, he would never have met Sybil Shepherd otherwise. Right. Uh, and, and <laughs> well, but that doesn't end too well for him either. Ultimately, no. You know, right? He goes to Minnesota, and then what else happens? Yeah, he goes there, and he's he's pestering her college, into the graduate again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he says he's you know he he goes to the house. And and Eddie Albert is just she makes flipping this, out. She he tells her, uh, Sybil the truth in the car right in Minnesota, and she makes the somewhat inexplicable character choice of just being cool with it. Don't get so morbid. Give a girl a chance. Yeah, now she likes him. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah she just kind of. I think she. I think she. You know, she likes being chased. Yeah. And so when you've gone to this great length, to well, then you must be. Worth something, worth your. Of course, she's very young too. She you also know? likes so, bugging her dad. Yeah, she yeah, does. She does. She does yeah. Daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. God, she's so perfect. She's really movie. good. Yeah. Um, there's a woman I worked with who um, I remember um, saying to her when I met her. She got hired after me, and I said, uh, "You're either from Michigan or California." And she goes, "I'm from Michigan." And I said, "You know how I know that? Because all the pretty blonde girls in California are from Michigan." <laughs> 
And so Sybil's from Minnesota, but I got this vibe. I got the same kind of vibe. It's that Midwest kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and there's a little bit of Nordic uh, thing that's in right. there, too, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, that's right. And so you just got this pretty blonde girl who's not, um, she's not totally vacuous at that point. She she kind of goes, okay, well, then we'll go to the cabin and, you know, we'll try it out. And yeah. so. She's a strangely written character. I, that's that's definitely true. Yeah, but no, yeah. She does, I mean, she does a great job in it. And, you know, the way it plays out is necessary for the plot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's in the script as mm-hmm. we used to say yeah yeah but she does uh she does uh spend the night with him they do this really weird, she does this really weird thing with him where she disrobed they take their clothes off and but they don't touch and yeah they don't yeah, make love until right. the next night uh-huh and so of course Drives her dad doesn't know crazy, this. yeah yeah and then she, she she decides okay well now we're gonna you're gonna come to the house because you're my guy uh, and he's got two muscle. She's got two musclehead boyfriends. Yeah, you know, and and he pulls the whole government being... agent bullshit on him. It's really hysterical. From, yeah, because he wanted to like get get rid of those guys, and she was like, yeah, yeah, get rid of those guys. She yeah. was into it too. Now, see, apparently that fella had something to be frightened of. Do you fellas have anything to be frightened of? No, I don't. Uh-huh. How long have you known Miss Corcoran, please? About, about two years. Two years. The best of your knowledge, does she use drugs of any kind? boys have any reason to run? No. Well, then why don't you just walk, then? Just walk on. You tell your friend I'm coming back tomorrow. Thank you, fellas. Just keep your nose clean. Kelly, keep moving, please. Yeah. Yeah, he does this thing where he pretends to be a cop. Let me get the cigarette. And you remember Midnight Run when he does the yeah, limits yeah, configuration? Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, when he's trying to test the counterfeit money. Yeah, same he exact looks like thing. a government yeah. agent. Yeah. He's so funny. Yeah, he plays a, a yeah. CIA guy in Ishtar. That's he's right. That's right. Yeah. And so when when he when when he needed to, he pulls the old uh, let me see that pack of cigarettes. Uh, let me see that twenty dollar bill. Oh yeah, this is fake. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, and those that so they when they I'm skipping in a fact, little bit and in here. In fact, when they do get married, was, yeah, that's what yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> the blonde guy, it was her ex boyfriend, is a, is a man of honor there or whatever. Second time, there's like a joke at a wedding where the joke is the other guy standing there, like Jack <laughs> Weston crying in the last movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second yeah. time of that. It's also yeah. the second like disastrous honeymoon of two movies. Oh yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. Um, but so when he, so scoot back like an, another couple minutes. Yeah. Cause when he meets the father, doesn't meet, but when he goes to the house of the father and, and, you know, the family and they're at dinner and he just gives the fucking most ridiculous, like patronizing. Oh, I'm talking to people from the Midwest. So yeah, <laughs> it's this whole thing about, I mean, this is honest food. There, there's no lying in, in that beef. There, there's no, uh. Insincerity in those potatoes. There's no deceit in the cauliflower. This is a, a totally honest meal. You don't know what a pleasure it is to sit down this day and age and, and eat food that you can believe in. <laughs> you know no what I'm talking con- about? Yeah, like, no conceit the in the cauliflower. This? What the fuck are <laughs> yeah. you talking about? And, and, another, and even another... the mom says, well, I read something really similar today in the... And it was in yeah. the Minnesota Star Tribune. Yeah, so he basically, just he just the ripped the editorial. Yeah, yeah, isn't that funny? He didn't have anything. And he becomes he he actually like goes into like this real almost politician speak in the last fifteen minutes of the movie about you know I think we need to give back and it's clear because because of that line that you're talking about 
He's just saying stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just parroting the. He's trying em- to fit empty in. Empty nonsense. He's trying yeah. to fit in. And uh, Eddie Albert, all during dinner, he's just sitting there, more, he's not saying anything. More no lines. More yeah, more no lines. Yeah, he's, and just it's like he the just... best silent performance. He has maybe four lines in the movie, maybe yeah. a little more than that, but not many. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And he makes all of them work, and they all are crucial to understanding. Uh, he finally says. Uh, I want to talk to him alone. And <laughs> they mm-hmm. go into his office with a pocket door. And uh, Cronin and gives the... him another fucking five minute monologue just to a stone face after yeah, they close yeah. the door. And then, yeah, and then he says, I heard everything you said. Your feeling about the big cities, the clear air out here, the honest food, getting back to the soil. And I will tell you quite honestly. I was very impressed. I'm oh, very glad to hear that. Oh, oh, I was very impressed. And I think I can also say, quite honestly, I have never heard such a crock of horseshit in my life. <laughs> it's like takes him down. And at that point in the movie, like... Tries to buy him off. Well, he, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. he does. But I, the, the the when he starts like calling him out, the like feeling for the audience is very cathartic because you're like, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. call him out. Yeah, this guy yeah, sucks. yeah, this guy sucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. 10, 15, 20, 25,000. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to buy literally pay yeah. cash to end the whole thing. She, you know, I, she's my girl. Right. Yeah, it, he does know? say that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's so weird. But yeah. that's a dad, that's a dad and daughter thing. And she's, what is she, 21? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, she is. I uh, guess she is pretty still young. In college, yeah, they're in uh, college. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, he's right to be suspicious of Charles Grodin. Of course, yeah, it's motive, true. His motives are just like, I just want your daughter and I don't want you to have her. I want to have her. And this power struggle between And meanwhile, I'm so males. fucking capricious. I'm going to tell you that I just left my wife. Like, you know, what what does that say about the kind yeah, of fucking person know, you are? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, what, it's what are you going to do to Kelly the minute after you marry her? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Like, and what then what it, if you find somebody else? Yeah, and then it cuts to a wedding. <laughs> yeah, uh, they both basically say, like, yeah, well... Nuh-uh. uh-uh like, yeah. They both like nuh-uh each other a bunch of times, and then it cuts to a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you wonder where Elaine May gravitates to these two very similar stories of just relationships for the wrong reasons, and and motives are terrible, mm-hmm. and and um, the results are terrible. Yeah. And he's finally sitting there on the couch by himself. Another graduate moment. Yeah. Where he's singing. Yeah. Close to you, and there's no he. he in the after, to these, like the, the reception, two little the kids. Yeah. Once the girl's six, and the guy, and the kids ten, and he's saying, "I want to get back to the land." And the kids like, "Excuse me," and gets up, and then the girl leaves, and then he and says, he's sitting there on the couch, and he like, says, "I was ten." <laughs> That's the last line of the movie. I know, that's such a great line. Yeah, it's so good. And, yeah. cl- and close to you, is, and is then plays like again. the various people at the weddings. There's a lot of money in tear gas. Yeah, oh. I got one word for you: uh, plastic. Yeah, same type of thing. <laughs> the same crowd. Same, yeah. yeah, and that's it's funny because that Mike Nichols and Elaine May. It seems like it's definitely the two of them giving their same the take on uh, the same theme. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Generational angst and disillusionment and kind of like, you know, uh, uh, alienation that was all happening at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, we loved it. And, uh, and, uh, 
Did we have any Do you have anything wild I, backstory? I've got a couple of things. Um, this is actually the one that does not have much of a backstory. Right, and not, not controversial. But I want to talk about it in terms of its... Oh, veal in a can. Veal in a can was another uh, big moneymaker. That's good. Oh, um, the theme song. That's really cruel, too. That like, da, 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 da. what is that? Cy Coleman. Cool. There yeah, you go. and Sheldon, nice. Sheldon Harnick, really who's the funny. lyricist for I like uh, that. Yeah, for for Fiddler on the Roof. I feel like that's music that, even though it was original score for this movie, has been appropriated and used all over the place. Like, yeah, it's very well, familiar. Uh, it, it was uh, Cy Coleman's, uh, you know, cabaret, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, it was he was at the pinnacle, the peak of his of his short powers there. Cy was Coleman. Was Cy Coleman the cabaret? I thought Kander and Ebb did cabaret. Oh, that's right. No, I'm thinking Cy Coleman of, was... Um, you're thinking of... What's the... Uh, oh, my God. Shirley MacLaine. Sweet Charity. Yeah, Sweet yeah. Charity. Hello. That's mm-hmm. it. I knew it was Fosse, but mm-hmm. I couldn't... I uh, got him switched up. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cy Coleman. So... Uh, something that I wanted to mention also, again, comes from something I found on Wikipedia, but it's something that more or less flew past me as, you know, somebody who's not Jewish. It's thought of in a lot of circles as a story of sort of Jewish identity, and um, because Charles Grodin and Lila are both Jewish characters, mm-hmm. and they're both sort of stereotypes, like the bumbling, self-involved nebbish, and also right. the like loud the whiny yeah. yeah and they're both sort of stereotypes and then he ends up falling for this you know all-american shiksa goddess who yeah. doesn't really have much in the way of a comprehensible personality right and, and just, lenny bruce uh that you know he uh again he falls for wasp blonde and uh neil simon wanted diane keaton in the role but elaine may specifically said like not jewish enough the contrast between the Lila actress and um, Sybil Shepard needed to have that Jewish versus Christian dichotomy. Got to. In order for her, yeah. And then the, there's on this is also just a quote from Wikipedia, but um, this is how that subsection summarizes the final moment. Lenny is now com- failing to communicate with Kelly's Gentile family. He gave up his personal cultural traditions and now misses them. Having walked down the aisle with a large crucifix overhead, Lenny's now on the couch by himself, swimming in a sea of Christianity. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Like that's, I mean, that's a take that went right over my head, that, but it's there. That's a good yeah. one. That's really good yeah. take. And yeah. then Eddie Albert. Daddy doesn't like this place. He doesn't like the element you get here. We're moving to the jockey club on Saturday. Like, what's that? You know, that's, that's, uh, what's that? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. That's the second movie of the five. That's a good one. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Mm hmm. 